Welcome to the Middle Tech Podcast, this region's leading business podcast, shining a light on technology, entrepreneurship, and the future of business in Kentucky and beyond. Our goal is to advance the ecosystem by bringing attention to the founders, changemakers, innovators, and those supporting them. Middle Tech's content can be found on your favorite podcast streaming app, social channels, and YouTube. We encourage you to follow and participate in the conversation. Let's discuss and build the future. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. You've got Logan Jones here. And for today's episode, uh, we've done something a little bit different. So we sat down with Emily Worley of Awesome Inc. to recap their May 5 Across event. Uh, so we know this is a little late to release a May recap, but the reason we're releasing it now is because Awesome Inc. has their Five Across event coming up for the month of July here on July 7th. So if you don't know what that is, Five Across is Awesome Inc.'s event that they put on where five startups pitch for five minutes each for $500. And it is an absolutely great time. And something special about July's Five Across is that one of our past guests, Adam Van Wingerden, will be pitching Silver Fern. Uh, as well as our very own Evan Knowles will be pitching Simba. So we actually have an episode coming up about Simba here next week, so you guys are going to get to learn more about that. The other companies pitching are Inertia, Tidy Geek, and Cultivation. So we've got some awesome entrepreneurs that are going to be pitching their startups, and if you'd like to learn more, you can go to awesomeinc.org slash events slash five across. So we hope to see you guys there, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Before we dive on in, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Land Betterment. Land Betterment is doing some incredible work throughout Appalachia and Eastern Kentucky as they are taking abandoned strip mines and putting sustainable businesses in their place. These businesses not only provide a useful repurposing of the land, but they also provide great jobs to replace the mining jobs that were lost when the mine was shut down. To learn more about Land Betterment, you can listen to our interview with their founders, Mark Jensen and Kirk Taylor, on episode 97, or visit their website at landbetterment.com. We're also sponsored by Airwing Ventures. Airwing helps determined entrepreneurs seeking resources to grow with capital and connections in order to build successful companies and impactful legacies. They're all about high growth companies, high growth careers, and high growth communities. I've personally known Dan Beldy for about four years now, and I've seen the work he's been doing in the community, and we should all feel very blessed and grateful that a VC like himself is here in Kentucky. I encourage you to connect with Airwing and learn more. Let's all grow this state together. You can reach out to Dan at info at airwing.vc or dan at airwing.vc. And their website is www.airwing.vc. everybody we are sitting down in awesome inc and we're going to talk about awesome inc's event called five across which is a pitch competition that includes local startups so they can get uh, onto the scene and get feedback on their products and maybe even get funded with the uh, investors in the crowd so this is a cool event that's been going on for a long time it's one of awesome inc's staples and it's a really fun event so if you haven't been i encourage you to go what we're going to talk about is we're going to go through a lot of the companies uh all the companies that that pitched this time uh, give our feedback on one, uh, their product, but also their pitch. Uh, I think those two things are primarily how you can judge these 
uh, presenters. So that's what we're going to use uh, this time for. So we've got Logan next to me and Emily Worley here as well. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, first Rayvon. Well, before we dive into Rayvon, I feel like we got to mention the new Five Across mascot. Billy. So tell us yeah. about Billy first. I think I know where the name comes from, but I want to hear it. I yeah. Hear it from you. So Billy is the new Five Across mascot. And if you have not um, been to an event or the one in May, you don't know that it's a unicorn. So Billy the unicorn is our official mascot moving forward. We're really excited about it. Um, the idea comes from the billion dollar idea, the unicorn idea mm -hmm. for just startups. Such a great idea. Yeah, no, I love it. I love that you guys finally have the mascot and whoever was trotting around. Does Joe, a great Uman, job. Uman Zorman, I can't pronounce his last name. I probably shouldn't Joe try. Yu. We'll just Joe Yu. Joe Yu. Okay. Sorry, Joe. Um, but he was very enthusiastic about it, running around and doing everything. So um, anyway, yeah. So Rayvon Sports. Thought they did a great job with their pitch, and I was very interested in what they were doing. But just to give a, a high-level overview of what they were doing, they have essentially a social media platform focused primarily on sports uh, for fan engagement, where fans can uh, vote on certain plays, vote on certain calls, and have full discussions around uh, the sports event that they're attending. Which my first thought, and I see that you have this down too, Evan, was don't people do this on Twitter already? So I thought they did a good job of kind of navigating that because the judges asked that specifically is – can't you do this on Twitter? Um, but some of the more interesting parts of it was how it could integrate with uh, sports sports gambling and just kind of deepening that fan interaction at these sporting events. Yeah, if I were them, you know, knowing that Twitter is their primary competitor and already has the network, uh, I would dive really deep into the gambling thing because Twitter's yeah, not going to sure. get into gambling. I think it would probably be too big of a, a liability and, you know, I think – they're just, they're just not going to put their time on it there. It's going to clutter the app. You know, there's a lot of things that come along with gambling when that happens that Twitter will probably avoid. So if I were them, I think there is something to a niche platform for social and sports mixing together. But in my mind, it's going to happen because of gambling. I don't think it's really necessarily something that can live on its own. I think it, it has to be paired with video, which they said they're working on, or gambling. And I would go down the gambling route um, if I were them personally. Yeah. So. Emily, what do, what do you think of Rayvon? No, I just loved – they're both very passionate about yep. sports. Um, I thought it was really interesting that they were about to kick it off and then COVID hit, which is like yeah. really unfortunate because it was – it shut down all the sports. Mm -hmm. um, but they brought it back. Something that I think wasn't touched on was – I think it's interesting. They're trying to get fans live at the game, too. So it's like people interacting with each other, even if you're in one seat across the stadium or another seat, like in a, right. in a press box, but you're at the game. So I like that aspect of it. I do agree with you all, though. You do have to pick a route of like the gambling. It, it That could be their best option. Yeah. Essentially, you you could do the same thing if you if there wasn't gambling with the hashtag. Yeah. You're talking with other fans like mm -hmm. hashtag. UK game. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and the revenue model is going to be hard. And what they're going to have to do is like at the very first sign of product market fit, which I would say would be a weekly user. I don't know if monthly would, would constitute an active user given how frequently sports are on TV, but I would say maybe weekly, I would say daily is probably pushing it. But for them, I think a, like a weekly user might indicate some product market fit and people love it. And at that point, if you get enough people doing that, they're going to have to go raise a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like you can't bootstrap a social network. It's, no, it's impossible. So what they're going to have to do is just prove a little bit of product market fit. And then if they have that, they're going to have to make some major connections and raise a lot of money because, again, 
social media applications that require network effects. It's impossible to bootstrap. So mm-hmm. if their head is with, and this is with bootstrapping, uh, that's not where they need to be. And they need to figure out the fastest way to get product market fit and then go find some money, in my opinion. Um, a couple other just random comments. I was kind of thrown off by, uh, this is not a big deal. Like, this is just me nitpicking at this point. Um, their titles, like, I don't know why there's like a VP and like a president at this point. Like, if I'm looking at founding team, I would just say, you know, there's co-founders. And then if I'm the co-founder, I would just say I'm a co-founder and I'm head of growth or I'm head of finance or I'm head of development. I wouldn't worry too much about like titles, like VPs or presidents. I think that doesn't matter. Um, and then in their pitch, I probably would have put some comments or quotes from their users, mm-hmm. like on that presentation uh, to show that, hey, there are people using this and they love it. And here's what they have to say. And here's, you know, how we differentiate, you know, from Twitter. Because if I were if I were them, I would get my users that are using it and say, hey, why do you like this over Twitter? Can you give me a quote or a testimonial? And then I want to use that. So that would be something I probably would have done on the deck because it's a hard pitch to give this. It's a, it is a hard pitch to, for this against like something like a Twitter. So, hmm. but what Sorry. do you think? Move on. Next yeah. One. So I think one last thing that I want to say about them that I thought uh, they did really well was kind of painting the picture of why this was necessary in the first place. Talking about that second screen phenomenon that they're talking about where everyone's sitting there. I mean, that is something you do at a game. Like every time you get bored, you just look right back down at your phone. Mm-hmm. So in terms of sports teams wanting to reengage their fans back into the game, um, I think they did a great job of kind of portraying that value to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the next one was was one we were talking about before we got in here, Lock and Block. Uh, I was really impressed by all the different, um, I guess, numbers or I don't even know what you would call it, um, certifications maybe of this, of what they were talking about. So uh, high level overview of block, Lock and Block is they're now making um, a composite building material that is essentially like a large big boy Lego is kind of how I, I would describe it. Um, it's lighter weight than traditional building materials and a lot easier to use. It sounds like, and also comes with other benefits like, uh, added insulation and, um, higher compression. I don't I'm not, I'm trying to say construction terms that I don't know what I'm talking about. So, um, anyway, Emily, what'd you think of that pitch? Yeah. Some of the details really impressed me. They said it's 10 times stronger than concrete. And so eight of their blocks equals like one concrete block. So uh, that was really interesting to me. Um, The fact that, so my husband does woodworking and lumber prices have like gone way up since Mm -hmm. COVID has started. So I think this is like a really good opportunity for lock and block um, just because it's a different material. Um, Getting it into the market when it's always been the same type of material is I think going to be their biggest challenge. And I think he mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, but love the product. I think it's, it makes a lot of sense. And who doesn't want to like build Legos, big boy Legos, <laughs> like life-size Legos. Sure. Everybody did that when they were little. So. I thought it was amazing how it simplifies the process. He said it like speeds up the speed, the, the time to build a house by 75%. Mm-hmm. Because, That's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, basically constructing a wall that is already insulated and all you have to do is attach the electrical wires through some of the conduit in the middle of it. And then uh, you can just plaster on and nail on whatever siding you need to and, or mm-hmm. drywall or whatever goes on the inside or outside of the home. Um, I just, I, I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, it's super interesting. It seems like a good time for a company or an idea like that to kind of take hold just because I feel like we're in this age of disruption where everyone's willing to 
try new things. And especially, I mean, it was cheaper and it came with added benefits. So it just seems, it seems like a no brainer in terms of if you're building a structure and it's not like it's, it's just the building blocks. Like Evan was saying, you just mm-hmm. nail other stuff onto it. And it's mineral, but like talk about just disruption, it's mineral based material. And so they're a green company, which everybody loves those, exactly like, those keywords. What I really so. wanted to hear that I didn't was like, if there's a patent or how he's protecting it. He said, he said there's a patent. I've there is a patent. Property. I didn't hear that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, that's good. Because, I mean, obviously some gigantic concrete company that already has the funds or some big construction company might come in and do it. But I don't know if it's, is it a, a design or utility patent? I won't dive into if that because I really, patent, honestly that don't doesn't know. Really help. But the judges did ask that and he said yeah. that they had a patent around the design, I think. I don't want to speak on it. I'm not really sure. They do have some sort of intellectual property protection, but I'm not going to dive too much yeah. in because I, I would hope it was a utility. Uh, we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was one of the things that, uh, I was trying to find, but I guess I didn't hear that part. Um, but that's good. I mean, I think it, the future of construction that I keep seeing in the industry is one automation uh, with some something like, you know, Boston Dynamic, these robotic, these robots that are prowling the construction sites, you know, using uh, computer vision. But the other side of things that's less technical, but much more uh, materials based is just the future of what materials are people actually using. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's nanotechnology that's coming up. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of graphene, all kinds of really unique materials that I keep hearing about that are used in the future of construction. So yep. this is, I think, a really cool pitch. Yeah, I think we were all in agreement. We love love the idea. Um, but Emily, let's give some feedback on the actual pitch because the pitch, it was, like I said, great idea, but the pitch didn't go so well. So mm-hmm. let's talk about why the pitch wasn't as good as it could have been maybe. Yeah, no, Greg um, is very passionate about what he's pitching and knows this industry very well. Um, I think you should always have it memorized and be prepared in that way. Mm-hmm. So any way, any time that you like can have things memorized and not have paper in front of you is always um, a pointer just to make sure that you're prepared in that way. So, yeah. Yep, yeah. I sure. think uh, when it comes to pitching, like you said, like you should have it all memorized. You should be able to explain it to a baby. But the thing that will trip somebody up is like if you memorize it in a certain order, and you're you you're while you're practicing, you have some kind of visual cue on where you are in the pitch, and if you don't have that during the pitch, you know that'll throw you off, and then that that makes you think about where you are rather than think about the substance of the pitch. It makes you think about where you are in the pitch, which sounds like the same thing, but it's not mm-hmm. uh, because there's like a cadence and an order to a really good pitch, and so you got to keep that cadence. So. I think we, was there a problem with like a TV or something? There can always be AV problems that come up. So uh, (laughs) making sure, yeah, I think that's a good reason to be prepared on your end um, because there was a little bit of a glitch in the presenter slides that he was looking at. So but he, he did pull through and he, yeah, no, he was able to answer all the questions that the judges had. So for sure. No, I mean, other than that, that's more almost stuff just like kind of out of his control. I think the takeaway from this pitch is just expect the unexpected and be prepared for when things go wrong. Yeah. Um, but overall, like I said, I love this idea. And mm-hmm. I think probably this is my favorite idea just because I see the most potential for really big change to a really big industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one we got is um, CCM Tribe or SLAY, which is an acronym S-L-A-I. I don't know if I remember what the acronym Stroller stands Stroller Luggage Adapting Instrument. Nice. Okay. And this one seemed to resonate with the judges a lot. So at a, at a high level, um, what they're doing is they've made – a strap that straps luggage to uh, a baby carriage? A stroller. A stroller. Okay, mm-hmm. I was struggling for the word there for a second. 
um, which I don't have kids. You now have a young a young daughter, so I doubt you started traveling with Willa too much yet. So we traveled um, with her once, yeah. and this definitely could have come in handy. Yeah, I'm sure. You just your child ends up having more luggage than you do as an adult. For sure. Um, so trying to figure out how to organize it and not look like a crazy person in the airport running through trying to catch your flight definitely would help. So um, I love this idea. It came from an issue that she had. She has a five-year-old daughter, and she wanted to solve a problem on her own. So I, th- I love where this came from because she wanted to solve one of her own problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. feel like this would be a great opportunity for a Kickstarter. Yes. <clears throat> and it's also – I'm imagining like walking through the airport, going to the bookstore, and this being like on the shelf there in front of the books or somewhere around there. This would be like one of those items yeah. that's perfectly placed around there mm-hmm. in the bookstore where the moms like to hang out and read the books and – um, that's where I imagine their go-to-market being is Kickstarter and then trying to get in as many of those stores as possible. Yeah, Kickstarter would be great. I loved that she was making them. She said she was just making them in her own house. Like mm-hmm. she was she was the one making it. And I think that the reason I like that so much is because I'm big on if you have an idea, just go out and try to like do it yourself and just take that idea from a thought in your head into a physical world, actual thing. So the fact that she had gone and done that and like had this prototype and now was had a whole pitch around it and these pictures of it actually in use – when you can see something and, and visually see what it is, you know, the founders, it's always easy for them. They have it in their head and it's so clear in their head. But to portray that, pictures and visuals are obviously very, very beneficial. Um, but on to the pitch, what would you guys think of of the pitch and how she did presenting she the idea? Did really great. Her deck was great. Uh, I don't know if she designed it or who did, but it was very clear, simple, uh, attractive deck, which is, which is important. Um, and I thought she pitched it really well. And the fact she had a working prototype there was... A major plus. Yeah, always give a plus if you like. She had the example, and it was in front of the crowd, so they oh, nice. placed uh, that person in front of where all the people were, and so the people were just able to actually see it live and in person, which was really helpful. Um, mm. Very concise uh, pitch deck, which is great for attendees and judges to look at. Um, and again, her passion behind it because she has that problem. She literally like said in the Denver airport she had this issue, so I always love love to hear that. Yeah. Speaking of passion, um, that kind of leads into this next one that the next pitch, which is transitions caregiver. Um, so at a high level, this is a platform that is supposed to help caregivers, uh, understand that the resources that are out there to help them, uh, be a caregiver to a loved one. If they're, if they're serving as a caregiver to, uh, somebody in their family or somebody that, uh, they care for, um, just to understand what, what resources they have available to them. Um, so in terms of an idea, i totally resonate with this idea just because my family's in the same situation in terms of taking care of somebody who's, you know, living at home and just needs that extra assistance. And it can be very overwhelming to not understand what type of resources are, are there. And, and like she said, feel kind of isolated on your own with that. Um, so I love the concept of the idea. Um, talk a little bit about what you were talking about before we started recording. Uh, this is our own personal experience. Yeah. So Monica, um, just the health of her mother um, is not in in the best situation. So she has uh, her mother that's in a assisted uh, facility because of her health. And so she's um, also, again, trying to solve this problem because of um, pain points that she's in, encountering as well. So um, it's just great to see when a founder is getting behind something because of something that they're going through. Um, but yeah, she, she wanted to make sure that there are resources just available to people, whether it's a younger kid who has a disability or an elderly parent who needs help. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed, um, her pitch and, and what she brought. 
what uh what was the competitive landscape like what um what resources do people have currently are there none she put it up on a slide and kind of did one of those checks like it looked like she had four on a slide where it was showing the other people in the space and what they were doing i've heard of care.com which is what she said um i have not heard of the other ones a place for mom and uh, family caregivers alliance so there are a few out there yeah got it yeah yeah you would hope that you know you there is insurance and you know health insurance and uh you know disability insurance and things of that nature where there are care you can put them in like a in a home where they can be taken care of and that comes out of you know social security or things of that nature but if you're taking care of them in your, in your own house then you're kind of in this gray area and you don't have any kind of funds coming in right is that, am i thinking of it, I mean, it it just depends what what your setup is i think each yeah. situation is different because I mean, it can be very expensive to bring somebody yeah. into the home that is certified yeah. mm-hmm. um, so that's one option but then it's always i think i would want this is i would always want that person to be in the home it's like right. where they're most comfortable but if you don't have the if you're not in the financial um yeah if, if you don't have the finances for bringing somebody to you then yeah you're kind of mm-hmm. in a gray area of yeah. how do i get the right help and i think that's what she was talking about i think i'm remembering this number correctly, I'm pretty sure she said somewhere around 50 million people are like unpaid caregivers where it's just like your family member is, is helping you out, whether it's your your elderly parent or your your child. Um, so a, a platform like this seems like a no-brainer where you just can have a, an understanding of everything that's out there. Now, to give more critique on this idea, I think the revenue model that she presented was, was a little bit difficult to understand, um, walking through it in terms of I think she said something about the vendors who were actually supplying these resources to the caregivers being being paying to be on the platform and and having their landing page on the platform also having a sponsor where they didn't have a landing page and it was just kind of like a charity almost wanting to just support the platform and then the caregivers themselves were also paying $20 a month to have access to the platform. Um I kind of look at the $20 a month to have access to the platform and I'm a little like I wish you would find a way to make it free for the caregivers and then make the businesses have some sort of way to pay for it. But that was my one piece of feedback that I had was more clarity around the the business model. Other than maybe more traffic, I was confused about uh, how the vendors, what value the vendors get from being on the website or being on the platform. So that was just, that was my other thing. Cause you know, if the, if it's just eyeballs, there don't have to be a lot of eyeballs. And if there's nothing beyond eyeballs that um, is really value. Then at that point it's, it's charity. So I was a little confused about Mm -hmm. that too. Yeah. And for the cost of what, what she has listed as like the revenue that would come in from vendor advertising, it's a little like, I'm a little unsure of what they're getting for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe if she could find a way to like make one portal for the caregiver where all the other companies kind of fed into it and made it super easy for the caregiver, then I could understand the caregiver paying for that. Um, but again, I think great idea. I think the business model and the revenue model just needs a little bit of tweaking, but it, it sounds like a service and a platform that's very, very needed. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, I need you to pronounce this one for me. Influ. Influ, Influ, Influ. like influencer Influ. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This one, uh, this one's intriguing, <coughs> excuse me, intriguing. One, because it looks like they're farther along. Uh, they've got tractions. He said they had users. They're already posted, like, like you said last year, 17,000 pieces of content with millions of impressions, which... Uh, is great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think this one was impressive for the fact that, you know, they've got traction and any time that, you know, there's automated social content creation, uh, Logan and I, uh, our ears are going to perk up because we have 
gone through the hell of, of that for several years. And now we've been able to bring somebody on the team that does that specifically. And it is a very important part of any business that is a specific skill set in itself. And so if it is possible to automate that, then I'm all ears. Yeah. And so to give an idea of what, what they're actually doing, what Influ is actually doing, uh, they are essentially combining a scheduling platform for social content with uh, artificially intelligent uh, content crawlers, I guess they're pulling like content from other places on the internet and then also using artificial intelligence to write the captions and then posting, yeah. uh, posting on the content behalf. for you on your behalf. Yeah. yeah. The AI is monitoring global sources to like curate and publish third-party content for that company. Mm-hmm. And before it's any done. of it gets published, you do approve it. So it's not like you're just mm-hmm. turning artificial intelligence on your Instagram page and letting it run rampant. Um, I said this at the beginning, at the surface, this sounds like an incredible idea. Um, I would love to actually interact with it. I think that's the, like, if it works, this is an incredible, incredible service that you could provide somebody. Seven-day free trial right here on the website. Man. I think, think Metal Tech ought to try that out. I'm not kidding. Um, but, Emily, you're saying that the guy, the I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have his name in front Josh. of me. Josh. Josh, you said Josh is a great presenter. Um, talk a little bit about his pitch. Yeah, Josh, um, when he starts to talk, you just like zero in on him. And he definitely is a great speaker, um, very concise, very clear, very passionate, and very bold in his, what he's saying. Um, yeah, he, was, he just brought – you didn't have any questions about what his company was and what he was pitching by the end of his five minutes. Um, and I will say I think everybody was really moved by the end when he was – um, just accepting um, his check or the award and um, his speech, he he got emotional. But he said he was emotional because of all of the hard work that his team has done. And through COVID, they came, they started during COVID. Mm. So when it could have been like a really hard time to do, and he got emotional from that. And every, it was just very moving to see. Like you can tell, they've put a lot of hard work yeah. into Influ, and, it, and you can you can see it. That's awesome. That's a testament to Awesome Inc. and the event you guys have made that. When somebody wins it, it means that much to them. So kudos to you guys and and all that. But I think definitely something that Middle Tech should look into to try the seven-day free trial, see how it goes. For sure. Um, Awesome. Okay, so that's a recap of – that was May's five across, correct? May May five across. Um, Got to introduce a new mascot, have some awesome pitches. Um, It was our first in-person event since COVID. There you go. That's something to celebrate as well. That was a big win for us um, and just – thankful for the legends to let it like letting us have that venue so absolutely well uh thanks for coming in and and recapping everything for us and um looking forward to seeing everybody at which one will this be the july yeah so we have july coming up which is also tied with lexington entrepreneurship day so this is a day where um all of our partners in lexington uh, base here um ukotc launch blue and awesome inc come together and just put on a day of entrepreneurship, whether that's investor one-on-ones, um, some sessions during lunch. Five Across is what caps it off at the night, at night, and start breakfast in the morning. But just bringing a lot of events together to celebrate um, what entrepreneurship means in Lexington. So a big event coming up in July, July seventh. Again, it's going to be at the Lexington Legends Ballpark. Awesome. And where can people learn more about Awesome Inc. and Five Across and all of that good stuff? Yeah, if you just want to head to our website, awesomeinc.com org slash five across um you can find out all about our events for the year um past teams that have pitched and you can even apply to pitch if you want to do that awesome thanks for coming in and doing this with us yeah i appreciate it this is great